Welcome back to another episode of Heart on the Hill. My name is Micah Hart. Thanks for tuning in today. Today, I have a great show planned for you. I am going to be talking about elections with Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose. Without further ado, let's get into the politics of this. So I don't want to steal any of your thunder, so I would love to just begin by asking you, why are you making national headlines this week? Well, we're making national headlines this week because, once again, Ohio is proving that we are a national leader when it comes to election integrity and also voter access, right? Ohio is a place where we make it both easy to vote and hard to cheat. Let's talk about the hard to cheat part. What we announced this week is the creation of the first ever public integrity division at the Ohio Secretary of State's office. The good news is voter fraud is is rare, but we keep it rare by making sure that our laws are thoroughly and efficiently enforced. And that's exactly what this division is going to do. Really what it does is consolidates a lot of functions that our office has performed for many years. It has been the responsibility of the Secretary of State's office for a long time to audit campaign finance reports. That's going to be part of this. We have a role with our county boards of elections to help them maintain the correct cybersecurity to protect against uh, any kind of um, you know cyber-related crimes. That, that's going to be part of this division. We work with our county boards of elections to make sure that they conduct a proper post-election audit. That'll be part of this as well. But here's something we're adding. We're going to be adding to our office, uh, we're going to start with two, we could grow this over time, but two full-time investigators. Uh, the idea is that the Ohio Revised Code, our state law says in section 3501.05 actually, it says that the Secretary of State shall investigate elections administration, fraud, and irregularities and report those to the county prosecutors or to the Ohio Attorney General. Now, the thing about this is when I read that long ago, It got me thinking, if it's my job, my duty to investigate fraud and irregularities, shouldn't I have professional investigators? Well, we haven't historically. This office has never had professional investigators. And so this work of investigating irregularities has always fallen to elections administrators, people that work in our elections division, or maybe a clerk at a county board of elections who today is training poll workers and doing data entry and maybe stuffing envelopes with absentee ballots maybe tomorrow is asked to investigate a potential crime. Now, that's not fair to those elections clerks, nor is it fair to the voters, because what it results in sometimes is an investigation that is not as thorough or professional as it should be. With the creation of this public integrity division and with us hiring professional investigators, people that have a law enforcement background, maybe expertise investigating financial crimes, because a financial crime in many ways is a lot like an elections crime. It's a paper-based crime. Uh, We're going to be able to actually dig into this fact pattern and make sure that we can build a case, uh, subpoena documents, put witnesses under oath, gather evidence necessary so that when we turn this over to a county prosecutor or to the Ohio attorney general, if someone has broken the law, they will face justice. We'll be able to actually secure a prosecution because we've done a proper investigation. That's what's so exciting about this uh, new division that we're creating. Yeah, and you you talked about this. This was in the press release, and you've kind of mentioned on this that a lot of this is coming out of this. They're seeing a national trend, as you say in the press release, um, indicating a crisis of confidence in the electoral process. What do you think 
really what's the huge issue here? Because I mean, does this does a lot of this tie into 2020? Do you think? And is that was that a big part of why this needs to happen? You know, that's only the, the latest iteration of this. It's um, nothing new in American elections that uh, there's uh, sometimes a tendency for people to just not want to believe that their favorite candidate lost. It's sort of like when you watch a football game and your team loses, you tend to maybe question the decisions made by the referees. You say the officiating was bad. If your team won, you're probably not going to question the calls made on the field. <laughs> well, the same thing has happened for for a long, long time, unfortunately, in American politics. If you look back to 2000, there were a lot of people that didn't think that that election was legitimate, when in fact it was. Same in 2004, there were conspiracy theories, particularly on the left, about diebold voting machines that proved to be untrue. Uh, 2016, there were plenty of people, again, on the left, that claimed that the 2016 election was somehow illegitimate, and some even called for special commissions to be created to investigate it. Uh, in 2019, uh, Stacey Abrams ran for governor in Georgia, very clearly lost that race, but then claimed that uh, somehow that the election was not legitimate. And, of course, in 2020, there have been people that have claimed in some ways things that are legitimate concerns, like activist lawsuits or secretaries of state that uh, changed the rules at the last minute, but then other things that are not true, wild ideas about secret algorithms and voting machines and things that are pretty clearly and demonstrably false. So regardless of the motivation, regardless of why, it's my duty and responsibility to make sure that Ohioans know they can trust their elections. And part of that means getting accurate information out so people know that, for example, we audit every election in Ohio. They're always on paper. 100% of our ballots are on paper. And I've ordered the boards of elections to audit each election. By the way, when we do, we routinely have an accuracy rate above 99%. In fact, the accuracy rate, when we counted the hard copy paper and compared it to the electronic result, the accuracy rate in 2020 was 99.98% in Ohio. So again, highly accurate elections. But part of that too is that people need to know that when someone violates the law, that we're going to catch them and there will be consequences. And that's not just election fraud. It's also instances of voter suppression. We won't tolerate that either. Those are both things, both voter fraud and voter suppression are illegal. They're immoral. And if you think you're going to get away with it in Ohio, I can tell you, you won't. And this is really what's so exciting, again, about this public integrity division, because now we're going to do an even better job of making sure that no one will get away with election related crimes here in the Buckeye State. So how is this um, directly going to impact the upcoming midterm elections or would it be something that would be starting right after that? Or how is it going to play out in that, per se? Yeah, so we are creating effective really immediately. I, I think the official first date is the 10th of, of October, mm-hmm. this public integrity division. Now, uh, just like any business owner will tell you, finding talented people and, and, and getting talented people to come to work uh, is a challenge in this uh, labor environment. But we're going to be looking for talented investigators, people that want to join us in this important work. And as soon as possible, we'll be hiring those folks Uh, If they're not in place uh, in time for the 2022 election, then certainly uh, they will be shortly thereafter. And anything that happens in the 2022 election that is perhaps rises to the level of requiring a potential criminal investigation, this will be some of the first things on their plate that uh, we'll be tasking them to look into. 
And, you know, just like with any criminal investigation, sometimes it takes time to build the case. You don't want to come into a courtroom until you've gotten all your evidence together and you're ready to go. But, um, again, if someone commits an election-related crime in 2022, this division will be helping us to gather the evidence so that eventually, and it could take months, uh, but eventually they will face justice for their crime. And this is kind of switching gears a bit, but have any other states reached out and said, hey, we like that idea. We're looking at implementing a division of our own in our own state. Has anyone reached out specifically to you and your office or your state even about that? Yeah, so I'm not going to share names, but I have heard (laughs) from a few other secretaries of state that said, hey, this is interesting. Would you send me information about this? I anticipate that we'll hear from a lot more. Uh, but it'll be up to them to share that news when they're ready to, uh, you know, to, to create such a thing. Uh, good ideas spread. And this is something that we're used to in Ohio. We've had, in many cases, good things that we do here in Ohio uh, be picked up by other states. And we're excited about that. I, I want other states to plagiarize our good work. Uh, my hope is that my colleagues, both Republican and Democratic secretaries of state around the country, see this idea and uh, pick it up and bring it to their state. So we welcome those calls anytime. Do you think that there will be a lot of pushback about this, specifically really with the 2020 election and how heated people are on both sides, just passionate about their own thoughts and opinions? Do you think that is going to bring a lot of criticism to this plan? You know, it's unfortunate that um, some people choose to politicize elections Mm -hmm. administration. I think that's a dangerous and damaging trend. And, And by the way, I push back on that regardless of if that sort of politicization comes from the right or or from the left. Um, I spoke to our conference of elections officials earlier this year, and when I stood in front of them, I said that elections administration should never be politicized. Now, of course, elections are political. That's their very nature. It's R versus D. It's left versus right, my candidate versus your candidate. And those are always going to be contentious, and there will be you know different candidates sharing their, their versions of, of reality. But the the rules of how the elections run, the actual elections administration, counting of votes, tabulating of votes, publicizing that, those kind of things should not be politicized. It is unfortunate that some on the left already here in Ohio have tried to politicize this, but pretty clearly they're flailing when they do that because uh, they they try to bring up like, oh, is this going to cost too much money, for example? Well, we're talking about essentially hiring two more full-time employees, so this will not break the bank. But the other thing is, even if we have to grow this and hire four or six at some point in the future, uh, the cost of running a clean election pales in comparison to the cost of running a failed election and all the litigation that comes with that, not to mention the unquantifiable cost to public trust. And that's something that is precious and must be protected at at all costs. So, yes, some may try to politicize this or claim that this is unnecessary. The other silly argument that I've heard by some saying uh, this is not necessary is that they'll say, well, voter fraud is rare, so why do you need this? Well, that's like saying that carjackings are rare in my neighborhood, so let's just abolish the local police force. Well, of course, nobody would accept that. Uh, That's a foolish idea. Yes, voter fraud is rare, and by effectively prosecuting these crimes when they occur, we will keep it rare, and that's kind of the whole point. Yeah. And I want to switch gears again a little bit. And now I I wrote a piece this summer because this is fascinating as well. There is a a proposed Ohio constitutional amendment that would block local governments from allowing unqualified individuals to vote. Now, does this new division have a lot to do with this amendment? And also, what are your thoughts on this overall amendment and really what 
the pushes, it seems to be, in Ohio for safe and secure elections. Yeah, no, this is something that both Republicans and Democrats agree on. We want elections where it is, again, both easy to vote and hard to cheat. What you're talking about is the thing called Issue 2, and I was one of the prime backers pushing for that. In fact, we did a press conference at our state capitol earlier this week talking all about why Ohioans should vote yes on Issue 2, in my humble opinion. It's up to them. I think it'll pass with uh, overwhelming majorities. And the basic idea behind Issue 2 is a question. Should Ohio elections only be available to United States citizens? And I think most people would say, well, of course, yes, only citizens should be able to vote in elections. And so when you say qualified electors, that's the language in the Constitution. But what this is really about is only U.S. citizens being allowed to vote in Ohio. Now, I'll be candid. This is not something we thought we the state law has always said that you must be a citizen to vote in state elections for governor, for state senate, for state representative, or for secretary of state. The state, the, the federal law, by the way, has always said that you have to be a U.S. citizen to vote in federal elections for Congress, president, U.S. senator, etc. But the law is silent as it relates to local elections. Now, it's always just been assumed that the same rules apply. But just recently, in 2020, a very liberal village in Ohio called the Village of Yellow Springs, they passed a village resolution saying that non-citizens could vote in Yellow Springs. Now, I stepped in because the Greene County Board of Elections asked me to, and, and we told them that that's not something we're going to permit. Uh, we think that's a bad idea, and we shut it down. But I can say this, if they had challenged me in court, it's possible I might not have won that because the law is not clear on this. It's just simply silent when it comes to local elections. So thankfully, because of the leadership of our state legislature, they referred a constitutional amendment to the ballot, which will be in front of voters this fall. And uh, again, the simple question is, should we make sure that only citizens can vote? That's a, an easy yes for me. Now, the work of this public integrity division um, will definitely come into play here. First of all, if a non-citizen casts a ballot, they're committing a crime. And so that would be the kind of thing that we would uh, investigate. Uh, we hope that doesn't happen. We hope people know better because, again, if a non-citizen commits a crime and is convicted of a felony, that could make them subject to deportation, which would be you know, deeply unfortunate for them uh, because everybody wants to you know, be able to, to build their life and maybe hopefully earn their citizenship in this country. Um, the other thing about it is that we do an annual scrub of the voter rolls to remove non-citizens. This is something that I got passed into law when I was in the state legislature, and now I get to carry it out as Secretary of State. And so when I told you that part of this Public Integrity Division's mission is to conduct list maintenance activities, meaning maintaining an accurate voter roll, uh, the removal of non-citizens from the voter rolls will very much be a part of that. And the uh, time for, for that to happen is coming up again soon, where we will now ask this new division to go through the voter rolls, to do a, an electronic analysis comparing our voter rolls in Ohio to the database that the Ohio Department of Public Safety maintains for who is a citizen and who is not. Not a perfect list, but a pretty good list, and that'll, again, give us a chance to remove non-citizens. Now, historically, when we've done this, we generally find a small number. We've got 8 million registered voters in the state. We generally find just over 100 every year that are non-citizens who are registered to vote, sometimes by no fault of their own. They filled out the documents correctly, and then someone uh, made a data entry mistake. But uh, we find them. Uh, we process them for removal from the rolls. And if they actually engaged in the intentional act of casting a ballot, or if they refuse to remove their name from the rolls, then we do refer them for prosecution. And that will be part of the responsibilities of this division. 
Yeah. And now, now I want to one last time for our last few minutes, shift gears again to, I want to go from elections in Ohio to you're running again um, for your reelection. Yes, so how are you feeling about things and what is your vision moving forward in Ohio? I mean, we kind of see it now, but what is your big vision for Ohio? Yeah. I, I, I've always viewed this as my um, employee evaluation. Uh, of course, like most competent offices, I, I have my employees go through periodic evaluations where they talk to their, their supervisor and they're told where they're doing well and where they need improvement. And, and so I always tell my team that um, I get my evaluation from my bosses um, on uh, November 8th, and that's in the form of an election. If I've done a good job, then the voters of Ohio will hopefully retain me in this position. And I certainly believe that's the case based on our track record. I mean, I, uh, if I can say so, I, I've been the steady hand on the rudder through some really challenging times here where it's been hard to run elections through a pandemic, through all of the litigation that we faced surrounding redistricting in 2021 and 22. And so uh, as a result of that, I think Ohioans know that they have honest elections and that uh, the work that we do in our office is responsible for that. Not to not to uh, ignore the other side of this office, where not only am I Ohio's chief elections officer, but we also serve as the front door for new businesses, where if you want to get your articles of incorporation to become a new business owner, that comes from our office. And we have an incredible track record of standing with Ohio businesses and helping them through that process. We charge the lowest fee of any state in the Midwest, and we generally can very equi- quickly and efficiently return your articles of incorporation within 24 hours, because certainly nothing easy about growing a business. We, we at least want to make it easy to start your business. And, and that's the track record that we've shown. So I believe that Ohioans want safe and secure elections where only citizens can vote, where it is both easy to vote and hard to cheat. I don't think Ohioans want an activist in the role of secretary of state. And I say this as a proud Republican. I don't think you want a Republican activist or a Democratic activist. I think you want somebody that's just going to play by the rules, follow the law and administer fair elections. That's what I have demonstrated in this office. And so I'm confident that I'll earn re-election for another term in this office. Now you ask about my vision. Uh, We're going to continue building on the great things that we've done. We've set the the standard for the nation when it comes to cybersecurity, uh, when it comes to election integrity, when it comes to training poll workers to carry out their jobs efficiently and effectively, but also getting the resources to our county boards of elections that they need in order to do their jobs. Um, Also in the area of public information, I think that our office has really excelled Uh, We owe it to Ohio voters to get them accurate information about how to be a voter. Uh, We also owe them transparency when it comes to campaign finance reports. And that's something we do when candidates raise money to support their campaign. Uh, We're the office that makes sure that those are uh, actively reported and and make sure that that transparency exists. So because of all of that, I think that I've earned the chance to continue serving in this office. But it'll be up to the voters in um, just over four weeks. And so I look forward to that. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join me and best of luck in your upcoming election. Well, hey, thank you so much, everybody. Take care. Take care. Thank you so much, Secretary of State LaRose, for joining today's episode. It has been great talking to you and hearing about what's going on in Ohio And again, thank you so much to everyone for tuning in today. I greatly appreciate you listening and taking the time out of your day to hear more about what's going on in our country. It's so important to hear about, and I'm so thankful you decided to do it on my show. Thank you so much and have a great day.